Welcome everybody to the Business for Builders podcast. My name's Max Peterson and uh, today we're going to quickly chat about uh, a topic that you know I've, uh, I've experienced myself being in the building game and uh, I just think it's fairly relevant because it does create a bit of frustration, maybe a lot of frustration if you're a general contractor and you're dealing with retail customers. So I'll give you some context. We are dealing with uh, you know homeowners uh, and uh, and really the, the the thing that gets thrown or the statement that gets thrown around is that buyers are liars. Now, I'm not saying that every buyer is a liar, but there is definitely some, you know, I want to explore the reasons behind perhaps why you get maybe two messages from clients. You'll get the initial message that you may get um, straight away on the, on the first consultation or whatever. And then, you know, as you work through the process, you might find that their story begins to vary somewhat. And so, you know, we may classify that as, you know, buyers are liars. But, uh, you know, I want to look at, you know, maybe some of the reasons why buyers are liars uh, or maybe why they just kind of maybe don't tell us the whole truth. Let's, let's say that. Let's not be too critical. Um, look, in my experience, you know, we've all done it. I'm, I'm, I'll generalise. I'll say we've all done it. But, when you ever have gone to buy something, whether you, let's say buying a motor vehicle and you either buy it, you know, um, off marketplace or it's a private buyer, it's a dealer buy, you're really going to go in there and, you know, you, you've seen it, you've seen it on TV, you've done it yourself, you always go in with a low ball, um, you know, but really in reality, you're definitely going to pay more money for that, for that vehicle or that item. So, you know, really what the goal is, is to spend as little as possible and get as much as possible. So when we're talking about homeowners that, you know, want to, in you know, talk to us about, um, you know, a project, a renovation, a custom home, whatever it might be, they're going to be very coy. Uh, and there's a few reasons for that. The other thing is they're really maybe unsure of what what the job is going to cost. So they don't want to sort of go and say, well, we've got a, you know, a budget expectation of, you know, 200000 for this reno. When, when really it's probably only a $100,000 reno, they want to make sure that they don't go and sort of lay down all their cards straight away, which I respect, and we've all done that as well. And then, of course, there's the customer that's looking at you and I as builders, and they're saying, well, do I like this guy enough or this gal enough to actually entrust them with the responsibility of uh, doing my project? So there's some of the motivations, perhaps, and really I think that's driven out of fear, fear of spending too much, fear of hiring the wrong GC, um, and, and, and so what that comes down to is they fear because they don't know us and they don't like us perhaps and they don't trust us yet. And so the challenge for us builders is that really we, we know that we can pretty much build anything. I mean, most of us guys and gals have probably got the skills. Uh, where our challenge lies is our ability to communicate and essentially uh, sell, which is kind of a, a shrewd term for conveying your message or your, you know, the, the value proposition that you have as a builder or as a company. And, uh, and so really, that's really the reason they're motivated to do that is out of fear. And it's up to us to, you know, help them get past that. I often talk about, um, you know, to our team about the, the, the wall of distrust. And uh, essentially, that wall of distrust has been fabricated and has been built over time. Um, through horror stories that they might see on HGTV, you know, if they're on a rant and rave page, you know, on Facebook, they'll they'll begin to categorise general contractors as untrustworthy types and building companies as entities that perhaps um, are people to be sort of watched out for. Uh, so automatically, we also have got to show the value and we've got to try and develop the trust between the client uh, and ourselves and our building company. And that takes some work. So, you know, I think the motivation for them not telling us the whole truth 
has some merit. It is it is valid to some extent. Um, and it really just what it does is it'll separate the the really good operators and essentially the best type of salesperson. I mean, I was never taught how to sell. I've read a lot of books. I've got a lot of um, uh, mentoring and training. And I think that's because I knew that for me to be a better builder, I knew that I had to learn how to sell properly and more effectively because that would then uh, set the set the platform for me to be able to charge a premium for what we do. Um, look, and I think, you know, I think if we just take one step back and this is definitely, you know, I think we've got to look at this holistically. Um, a lot of guys would say to me, Max, should I get, you know, a sign written vehicle? Should I get decals? Should I get an office? Should I get uniforms? Should I advertise on Facebook? Should I get a website? And the answer to those questions is yes, because it's all very important when it comes down to branding. I think, um, you know, a lot of the customers can, you know, really begin to develop a trust um, because of the message that they actually get, you know, through all of our digital platforms, whether it's Insta or Facebook or a web website or whatnot. So I think, you know, that's the primary goal for us as builders is to understand that buyers will not tell us the truth straight away until such point as they've got to know us and they like us. And then we'll find, you know, there's a trust building process that happens and then they get a lot more frank and a little bit more honest with us. So the sooner you can get to that honesty part, the the more pleasant the process will be. Uh, because, you know, like if I went and did a project for my mum, will she trust me implicitly? Probably too much. Um, and so the, ple- the, the the process would be fairly pleasant. Uh, maybe you've had a different experience with your mum, but I would think that my doing a job for my mum would actually be okay. Um, and that really does come down to trust. So, you know, I think to give you a little bit of a tip as well, um, a bit of a side note, you really probably need to work on what we call our preferred client profile. So somebody that, you know, you know that you're going to deal with where your business and your service suits. So I'll tell you right now, um, and this, you, you, this might resonate with you, it may not, uh, but I would say between 48 and 70 is what I would call our demographic. That is our preferred client profile. And that's for a bunch of reasons. And I think we've got into that before in other episodes. But they, they're the type of, you know, client that will focus on quality over quality and value over just price and price alone. Um, and so that's, that's a tricky one to navigate through, but it is worth it if you can sort of get your head around that. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think in, in sort of understanding your preferred client profile, there's a high level of empathy. You need to understand that, you know, what is it that the customer really wants or what is it that the customer wants? And it's just not in the marketplace. Cause there's a level of separation. You have got to create a competitive advantage in your own business today. There are so many guys that say, I do quality work and provide a great service. Well, so does everybody else. That's everybody else's spiel. Um, so what is it that's going to separate you? So um, from my experience, both running my own building company as well as what I do for a living now, and that is basically uh, look after at the moment six, maybe seven franchise general contractors, um, is that we want to separate ourselves as a boutique brand that does um, you know high-level renovations and custom homes and to be the sought-after brand. So when people think about renovating or custom homes in our regions, well, then we want them to think about Smith & Sons. Um, So, you know, for you to create the value inside of the demographic or the preferred client profile, you need to sort of sit in 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 their seat. You need to walk a mile in their shoes and understand what it is. And for us, what we know is that our customers, these types of customers that we've really uh, defined, they, you know, they want the value. They want the peace of mind. They want the security and they want the satisfaction of getting what they expected and, and knowing that the money that they expended was actually going to be something that they won't regret. So there's a level of satisfaction that we've got to bring whilst we do it. Um, and so then, then it comes down to your marketing message. Because what I say to our guys is that, 
you know, a lot of our marketing, a lot of our branding and all the messaging that we put out, it does all of the heavy lifting because in this day and age, you, you don't need to ring me to find out. You, you shouldn't need to ring me to find out what sort of building company I am. You should be able to go and do as much legwork as you want and figure out who we are and then you ring. So, you know, I've had one of my guys specifically who had a great January 2021 sign close to $600,000 worth of contracts and he just feels like now with, you know, by aligning himself with the brand, uh, Smith & Sons, he is almost borderline an order taker. Now it's the end of, it's the beginning of February now, and uh, he's already busy. He's got eight months work in front of him. So you can guarantee in the next 60 days, he'll be blowing through Christmas. So there's, we are doing something right. And when, when my guys come back to me and say, I am just, I'm borderline an order taker, he's now thinking about bringing a designer on as a salesperson there's there is absolute merit to defining what your brand does and stands for, empathizing with who your your client's going to be or your preferred target market, and really designing your business. Not not just kind of going, well, I'm in business and it's by default. We want to sit there and we want to think about our objective, think about what our value add is, think about our value value proposition, think about our target market, and really nail down you know what it will be. Because once you do all this, the facade that's put up by clients, the the wall of distrust, the whole buyers are lies thing really does gets deconstructed rapidly with the way we do you know we do our sales process um we ask the right questions so we know how to qualify um we don't let the tail wag the dog you know there's there's it's they're going to buy in accordance with our process not the other way around um you know and i think then you sort of go from what your you know you, you define your demographic what your value prop is what your marketing message is and then you've really got to systemize your process um, you've got to systemize your business operations. So everything right through what we call our DPC, which is our design plan construct. You've got systems inside of the design phase. You've got systems inside of the uh, the planning phase. And you've obviously got systems inside of the construction phase and even after sales. So it's certainly, you know, it's, 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 a, it's really important that, you know, you might say, well, yeah, buyers are liars, but because you're not, you, you lack awareness and you haven't thought about maybe where your clients are coming from. And there's such a repetitive nature of the, the communications or the messaging, I'm telling you, if they're not telling you, you know, if you can't get to the bottom of their real need or their real want, it's because you, you'll probably need some tweaking on your sales side of things. You know, you need some tweaking on your, you know, understanding your business systems, on your sales processes, those sorts of things. And that's why I've said it before. It's like as a carpenter, I got taught to build stuff. You know, as long as it was plumb square and straight and I got paid, I was happy. But to go and build a, a, a retail-facing, legitimate building company, that's something that is just not taught. It's just, you know, we don't get the, the input that we need to actually run that business competently and coherently. So, look, I think, you know, um, what, what can happen is if you get all of that right, you know, and you've got, you know, you've defined your, your, your preferred client profile, you understand your sales process and how to deconstruct the wall of distrust, you've really, un, you know, you put your messaging together um, because you've you've empathised with your preferred client profile and your in your demographic, um, you know, and you've got those systems and processes. Ultimately, what if you get that right? A natural byproduct will be that your customers will be turned into raving fans. And if you go to smithandsons.ca right now and look on our retail facing website, the magic sauce or the secret sauce in helping us building credibility with our preferred client profile and our demographic is the uh, client video testimonials. Written testimonials are great. You know, obviously Google reviews are so important, but when you've got a video of a customer of yours talking down the camera, you have now got clients or past clients or existing clients talking to prospective clients. 
me, even though I enjoy doing sales, you can't beat a, a past client talking to a prospective client. The credibility, you can't, you can't imitate that. You can't mimic that. And so ultimately, everything that we're doing is, sure, we want to make money. But, but bottom line is, if we can turn just your, your clients that are sort of you know, brand new into the system and you can then turn them into a raving fan by way of a testimonial, then, then obviously it will get easier for you to sell. There's no question. And then the, the whole thing around buyers are liars, you're going to start to really deconstruct that, you know, that facade that they put up because they're only doing it out of fear and to protect themselves and their cash, the, the bottom line. But they really are looking for a good general contractor and they really are looking for value for money. So look, that's just a really quick insight. That's my two cents worth. And um, look, so if you've got any questions, anything around this or any other topics that you've heard on this podcast, feel free to email me at max at businessforbuilders.ca. I'd love to hear from you and I look forward to getting back to you. Uh, Of course, if you love what you hear or see, please share it, uh, you know, like it, hit the bell um, so you get notifications. We put one of these out every week and uh, we really look forward to uh, bringing you another episode next week. Have a good day.